Hello and welcome to Truthink. I'm David. I'm Bethany. And today we have a very special guest with us、um, in this Valentine's Day edition. Our guest is a fourth year theology student at St Andrews, who was global coordinator for Just Love. is currently a committee member of the Coexistence Initiative,、um, and is also very much involved in gender justice and has worked with Christian Solidarity Worldwide, which is an adv- advocacy and human rights charity. Um, involved in dealing with religious persecution, so our guest today is Zoe Walker. Welcome, Zoe. Thank you. Hello. <laughs> Very exciting. So we're we are going to start with a Valentine's Day special icebreaker. Zoe.、Um, so Zoe and just for some context for people listening, Zoe and David's flats have an interesting relationship. Well, they're just friends, but.、Um, Basically, yeah, yeah, I think maybe. <laughs> well, they're kind of friends. No one、yeah. really knows, but it's a mystery. It is a mystery, but we will find out just how close of a friendship they have right now.、Mm-hmm. So, Zoe, if you had to date someone in David's flat,、mm-hmm. who would it be? Well, our flat's an all male flat. All、it? male flat, yes.、Um, Not that that matters. No, yeah, that matters. But I'm just saying. <laughs> so, I would. Date Hunter. The reasons for this are threefold. <laughs>、mm. He he's old. He's an old man.、Uh, I mean, that wasn't one of my reasons. But <laughs> it, sure, it can be.、Um, he's an old man. Not that. Yeah. Anyway,、um, he is tall. He's very kind, and he really loves the Diary of a Wimpy Kid movies, which、mm. I feel like is a great bonding point. Oh, absolutely.、Mm. Mm. That, that, What a solid man! That's powerful stuff. It is really. <laughs> yeah, I know. Do you feel rejected, David?、Uh, no, I don't at okay. all. Okay, that's、um, good. Not, not, good. A, not at all. Because I,、uh, yeah, I love friendship. <laughs> right, Bethany, you crack on. <laughs> so Zoe, you're going to talk to us today a bit about emotions.、Mm-hmm. Do you want to tell us why? Well, I think yes, I do. First of all, cool.、Um, Great. <laughs> I think、um, throughout my life, I felt very much like the extremes of emotions. So, having had like mental health problems and issues like throughout my life, I think when you have those, you feel very like the extremes. So, like extreme、mm. sadness or anxiety. So that's very much at like one end of the spectrum. But recently, I. Um, I've been <laughs> going through a faith crisis,、um, and I think, kind of paired with that, I've started to feel like less and less emotion, and felt kind of more like neutral about things. Whereas before, I think I've always would have said that I was like an emotional person, and even like watching like TV shows and stuff, I would just like. You know, like cry watching Gilmore Girls and stuff、mm-hmm. like that. But like, I'd feel very like intense emotions about、mm-hmm. things. But then, recently, have felt like the other end of the spectrum, feeling like less、mm-hmm. emotional and just quite like it's just felt very weird because it's not used to. Okay, do you want to tell us a bit more about the faith crisis? So you're a Christian. Yes, it,、um, at the moment it's in inverted commas. Wait. Yeah, and what yeah. does it look like? What is a faith crisis? Just to fill listeners in. Okay. Because,、um, yeah. I think. Um, like a faith, the faith crisis kind of has like emerged over the last six-ish months, and it's just been kind of like questioning the existence of God and not feeling、mm. like any sort of connection to God、um, that I had previously felt, and、um, yeah, just kind of feeling a bit like not really sure of what was real and what wasn't, and、um, yeah, just kind of. Like very uncertain about things that I previously thought were very like central to my life and things like that. Okay, and you do you feel like your lack of being able to engage with your own emotions does that make it harder then? Yeah,、um, I think so. I think、um, like the lack of emotions and the lack of faith at the moment kind of feed into each other.、Um, mm. So I think definitely like feeling a lack of emotion at the moment. Means I feel very like distant from God because I can't like I don't feel like able to relate to God at the moment.、Um, 
as like a loving father or you know however you might see him or her gender neutral god what do you think um, started the faith crisis oh that's a good question um, I don't think there was much of like a single kind of point in time I think it was more something that like built up over time and kind of reached like it like peaked in September or whenever it was um, and then kind of just like plateaued a bit um, but yeah I don't think there was like a single event that kind of set it off um, I do think that like various things like contributed to it so like studying theology I think is just a very intense thing to be studying every day mm -hmm. and like you deal with lots of like the big questions um, and yeah I think that dealing with like bigger questions like that means that you can kind of forget or this is how I see it you can kind of forget the basics like God loves you and um, you know to love people around you those kind of things kind of mm -hmm. take a backseat when you are looking at like the more kind of intense theological debates I guess right so that's interesting so kind of in pursuing theology mm. it almost turned God into an abstraction yeah a kind of a concept that rather than mm -hmm. a father so there's an emotional disconnect there yeah definitely how would you say you previously experienced emotions to do with within Christianity or is it an emotional faith yeah I think um kind of until the faith crisis I had experienced like or had experiences with God that I felt were very like emotionally intense mm -hmm. so like oftentimes when like worshipping I think and I think this is the same for many Christians like you feel kind of vulnerable and like a bit exposed so I think oftentimes you can just like start crying and feel very like I don't know, not sad as much as just, like, vulnerable and, like, in the presence of God. So I think that that can, um, yeah, like, bring your emotions to the fore. Mm. Have you experienced uh, emotional encounters with God, Bethany, would you say? Yeah, I think during worship, I can quite often feel very at peace. Um, is peace an emotion? Sure. Yeah. Mm. Just kind of a feeling of being calm and quite joyful actually mm. quite often um i think through uni i've definitely questioned emotional manipulation which is something i've spoken to zoe a bit mm. about before and whether you just feel things because the worship leader wants you to feel that way or whether it's actually i find it very hard to trust emotions or know how to discern them mm. Mm. so for context then should we talk a bit about this emotional manipulation thing so um kind of in response to bethany's question to zoe mm -hmm. i'm going to kind of just jump in cool. kind of sideways here um is christianity an emotional faith i think it is a very emotional faith and i think what you guys mm -hmm. are touching on is true i think within contemporary christian worship um it can be quite emotional and i think what it looks like in many settings is um kind of powerful music and mm -hmm. time to pray for each other and um, kind of being around large groups of people and I think there can be controversy because there can be an amazing times of joy and elation and peace but also really emotional times of sadness and, and vulnerability like Zoe mentioned um, and so that's an interesting question within Christian faith are emotional responses to God legitimate or are they emotional manipulations as a result of mass hysteria because you, you hear stories all the time of um, large crowds of people doing really weird things because of kind of just the mass hysteria mm -hmm. and the Salem witch trials mm -hmm. is also an example an extreme <laughs> example of mass hysteria are, are Christians just participating in emotional manipulation when they're worshipping yeah um, yeah so that yeah something I've been thinking about recently given that I recently haven't felt as emotional um, so, like, an example I can think of is going to Soul Survivor, which is like a Christian youth festival. Um, very charismatic, very, like, into worship and, like, gifts of the spirit and, um, yeah, kind of like a huge, massive 
youths kind of responding to yeah like worshipping God um, but with that there was always like I mean some of the things David kind of referred to like people fell over and people were just like crying and screaming very it just felt very like emotionally charged and at the time I think I was very like caught up in it and was like oh this is very legit and I think elements of it are very legit still but I think now I'm in my sort of emotionless kind of state I think um I'm a bit more like cynical about it and like how much of that was God and how much of it was just like the atmosphere kind of taking advantage of these you know like young adults kids um and kind Mm. of leading them to feel a certain way with like by playing a sad worship song or um yeah I don't know to make them feel like sad or emotional or Mm -hmm. yeah so do you think there are any particular emotions that we should be experiencing when worshipping or do you think it's different depending on the person worshipping I think um well, I'm not sure because I think some people maybe just don't feel an emotional response when they're worshipping um, but yeah I don't know I think there should be like an expectation that of something happening even if you're like yeah not sure what it will be like expecting kind of to encounter God and that might be emotional it might not mm. be but yeah yeah um yeah very interesting I think even the word manipulation is interesting because is there a bad thing to want to make someone feel joyful during worship I've questioned lots of these things Mm -hmm. don't have answers but yeah so Zoe in experiencing this emotional kind of emptiness Mm -hmm. or 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 lack feeling like you have a lack of an encounter with emotions Uh Is it a feeling of kind of no emotional response at all to things, or is it just negative emotions, would you say? Mm, Good question. I I think it's mainly been the former, so, like, lack of emotions. So, like, (laughs) recently, like, if people are like, oh, how are you doing? I'll be like, yeah, I'm pretty neutral at the moment, Um, which is probably quite a weird response. But, um, yeah, just kind of not feeling anything in either direction, really. Just kind of... Yeah, like lacking lacking in reaction to things. So the way I kind of explain this is um, I can like do fun things or, you know, um, go hang out with a friend and I'll be like, oh, that was like objectively a good thing, but I didn't really feel like emotionally attached to it, you know? Hmm. Um, so yeah, like lack of reactions, I guess, is one of the things. Interesting. And just um, prior to this conversation, we were talking about certain books that have been read about emotions mm-hmm. um, over the holidays, over the winter holidays. Um, so were you reading kind of Sally Rooney kind of books? Yes. Yeah, who, so, who is she? Um, so she is like quite a young woman from Ireland, I think, and mm-hmm. she's written just a couple of novels. Uh, they're called Normal People and then Conversations with Friends. And both me and Bethany read them over Christmas. Yeah. Um, but we both found them quite like weird I think because the characters kind of they're the books about are like about like young adults at uni and things like that so kind of similar age to us but they are kind of doing things with their lives that you'd think would like evoke a kind of intense emotional response so like one of them one of the characters is like having an affair with a married man but it's like she's not kind of processing it as you'd expect. Yeah, she's basically not emotionally engaging with it at all and right. doesn't feel like she has the right to emotionally engage it and I with it. And I think lots of it is to do with self worth and that also ties in to lots of the emotions, is that? Yeah, fair? so yeah, she's just very kind of that particular character is very like passive and it's just mm-hmm. like, oh she it's like she's kind of very detached from the situation that she's in. Um and is like going through the motions and and like having this affair with this guy but not you know reacting to it as you'd expect mm. um, and I guess that could kind of be part of um, 
it could be due to like a lack of self-worth or like not really valuing herself or like other people around her yeah and one of the things that book explores is like extreme consequences in these situations mm-hmm. um what did you what did you think of them because in normal well in normal people we saw how that led to a situation where basically one of the main characters was putting herself in positions where she was abused on purpose and do you think that was because of a lack of emotional engagement or yeah i definitely think so i think um she this character just kind of didn't have any care for herself she so i think at one point she says something like oh i don't care what happens to me or he can do whatever he wants to me just kind of like being so kind of passive um Mm. and yeah it's kind of scary i think that's i mean not as extreme as that but that's kind of something i've like i related to when i read it i was like oh Mm. when you don't have those emotions um telling you making you feel sad or you know happy whatever um you kind of just start to feel like very passive about yourself and how others treat you and even like how you treat others as well does Mm. the book explore the route for why she decides to have an affair so hmm, i don't know bethany does it (laughs) yeah well you get like vague family background and you can see that she's had a really rocky relationship with her father um at the start and I think it goes in it's the book's really abstract it doesn't say this is the reason but you can kind of point out reasons as you read the book Mm -hmm. I think um in normal people the main character is someone who doesn't have many friends in school Mm -hmm. and I think something she's always craved is deep relationships and then because when she thinks she has something that's tending towards a deep relationship but then emotionally it isn't but physically it is Mm -hmm she then doesn't know how to process that and that kind of spirals because of a lack of communication between her and the other main character as well. Mm. Um, So it shows a real breakdown of relationships because of lots of different root causes, Mm -hmm. but I'd say fundamentally because both people aren't processing their emotions and so not communicating with each other. Yeah, yeah. So a lot of it's like lack of communication and, um, yeah, failing to, like, be honest about what they're feeling or what they're not feeling I guess yeah so we spoke about this a bit the other day but as Christians do you think that gives you more of a basis in terms of we spoke about valuing emotions versus emotions being valid and how we look at that and do you think there is a healthy way to look at them and how do you trust emotions Mm and different things like that yeah so I think I've definitely like come across both extremes so people like completely disregarding emotions and saying that we should like look at um reason and you know um logic and things like that as an alternative and then people who go to the other extreme and say like completely you know just follow what you're Heart mm-hmm. or your gut says whatever um following your emotions and I think like previously I um um would have definitely like leaned more towards the emotional side of reasoning like trust your emotions but now that I am lacking in emotions <laughs> I have kind of like thought about more about um how even if you don't feel certain things you should still act in certain ways I don't know if that answers your question at all but I may have gone on a tangent but yeah no that's um, okay um <laughs> so like even so a lot of people kind of talking to me about the faith crisis have said like oh even if you don't feel God you should still like mm. move towards him with your actions um like and I guess Bible that's stuff. yeah in the hope that you then have but more the, of an emotional yeah, connection exactly but like even if but kind of people were saying like if emotions aren't there that doesn't mean your relationship with god just has to disappear like if it's um dependent on that then i guess it's like too flimsy a basis yeah definitely yeah yeah that's interesting because it sounds to me that you have almost like a 
moral framework or an objective moral framework that you make decisions in accordance with mm-hmm. and do you think that came from I guess your understanding of God or your theology or do you think it came from emotional impulse that your moral values were motivated by what you felt was right in the moment because it's interesting how you said now that you don't have as many emotional responses okay. you're still acting in ways that you think you ought to act in yeah so I think um, I think it's a combination um, but Definitely, I think kind of living each day, or at least sometimes living each day in accordance with like what is pleasing to God and what will glorify God. And then also how um, you can like love your neighbours and love the people around you well. Um, So I think, I mean, that is, that just comes from being a Christian. But I think as well um, with so like with emotional responses to things they really help in terms of being able to help people so for example like if you walked past a homeless person on the street you might or like I would typically like feel kind of sad or like Mm. guilty walking past them you know and that I think emotional side of things stirs you to towards like helping people and another example like um if you like read a testimony of someone who'd been trafficked and they'd kind of gone into depth about um you know the experiences they had they'd been sold into sex trafficking or whatever I feel like an emotional response to that would cause you to kind of care about that issue and then be like okay what can I do now you know Mm. again not sure if that answered your question no that's really helpful that's really helpful and so do you think it's the knowing that you're doing the right thing or knowing that this thing is bad first that then triggers the emotional response or do you think it's something that's kind of innate within us as human beings that we just have a a reaction to something without really thinking about it and Bethany feel free to chip in here because we've had some really interesting discussions about emotional responses Mm -hmm. to things yeah what do you think because I think for me personally I think I'm very much driven by the theology or having the framework which I know is right or wrong well, I, no one inverted commas because mm-hmm. I believe mm-hmm. in God and I think God is the objective foundation but that causes me sometimes to make decisions which emotionally um, I can find contradictory or I find mm-hmm. difficult to deal with but mm-hmm. I think because it's I think because I'm a, I'm a Christian that it's God's way therefore mm-hmm. I think I'm making the right decision even though it feels uncomfortable okay can you moment. give an example so I was yeah <laughs> absolutely um so a great example is when someone's been really really rude to me mm-hmm. or someone has like um really disrespected me or my family or my friends and I want to punch them or I want to be rude back <laughs> oh, so relatable but actually and that's my emotional response is anger mm. and rage but actually because of my moral framework and my the, my belief in God and what God I think prescribes for human beings in turning the other cheek loving your neighbor mm. um I think doing the right thing in that situation is being loving and forgiving, even though it's very, very um, un- difficult and uncomfortable. So that that would be an example of moral implications and moral decision-making being not necessarily driven by emotions all yeah. the time. Yeah, yeah, definitely relate to that. I think, uh, I mean, it's really hard to do. Like, I've wanted to punch a lot of people in St. Andrews. Um, <laughs> but um, I guess, yeah, like what you're saying is trying to see people as made in the image of God mm. and that you should knowing that you should love them because they are precious to God like overrides that rage and wanting to punch people mm. yeah 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 no I agree with what both of you have said I think in the past or like most of last semester I was trying to figure out how you trust emotions and then had a conversation with that of my friends and she was like well you just see emotions in a really weird way because you're like trying to predict the future with emotions and like if I feel this way this will this happen mm-hmm. and I think there's a tendency to do that but actually one of the changes in my life I think has been realizing that discerning emotions is really important and the way you act on them, I think Christianity 
gives you a really solid moral basis in terms of being created in God's image and because we are loved, our emotions are valued, but also there's certain emotions that aren't valid. So when you feel feelings of being unloved or like no one cares about you, you know these things aren't true because you believe in a God who does love you infinitely. Mm. So I think there is the theology behind it which helps you, which should help shape the way you feel emotions as well, I think. Um, but it also is a helpful way in terms of discerning how you act on emotions. Um, yeah, well, intru- could you unpack that a little bit? That idea of discerning between emotions. What do you mean by that when you say that? Okay, so I had a really interesting conversation. I'm just trying to decide how much to talk about this, but I had an interesting conversation about love as an emotion and you can have lots of people in the world can love bad things. So you can, well, we were talking about pedophiles and how they can feel strong senses of love and lust and knowing how to act on that. Tell me if I'm going on a tangent here, but it's how do you discern that the emotion you want to act upon is good or bad? Mm. Um, And I think, well, So the Bible talks about love and it talks about it being patient and kind and not self-seeking. And I think these are really tangible actions. You know how to be patient and you know how to be kind and not being self-seeking. There's very practical ways of doing these things. And you know when something's going to hurt someone usually. People are able to discern this. So I think I would use that as a framework. Mm, mm. Um, Not sure if that's too wishy-washy or if that makes sense. No, I think that links back to what we were saying earlier about the fact that we have a theology or moral mm-hmm. framework that is sometimes at with our emotional impulses. Mm. Although I think because we're made in the image of God and we are trying to act in the way that God prescribes, a lot of our emotional responses will be good. So being generous with your stuff, although difficult in the beginning, you, you know, you feel amazing after you've done it mm. or being in community of people or um, forgiveness after the initial kind of jarring moment where you have to forgive, it feels great and you mm-hmm. feel free actually. Uh, that in my experience, you feel free after you're forgiven. So, um, yeah, I think that's really fascinating. Um, yeah, and I mean, lots of these things can be radically countercultural. Like when we were talking about forgiving murderers and rapists last week, um, that is what Christian theology tells us to do, and it is the most loving and freeing way to live. But it just seems so radically countercultural, and I think there's so many times when you just don't want to believe that that is what you should do Mm. something that I'd love to pick up on that we said earlier um, when you were talking about the Sally Rooney book Mm -hmm. and one of the issues with the main character was that she did not properly process her emotions and I think processing emotions is an area that I'd Mm -hmm. love to get better at myself Uh, and I was wondering is do you guys think that there is one right way to process emotions how do you if you do at all um process emotions yeah i think um there is no one right way i guess like uh, verbally processing with people is always helpful because then you can get shot down if you're talking rubbish that also depends if you're an external processor though or like i love a good mind map that's always mm. fun. Journaling, Journaling. Really helpful. Yeah, definitely. Mm. I think there's lots of different ways. Yeah. I think both of us externally process quite a lot. Yeah. Although maybe me way more than you, actually. But mm. <laughs> that's what I find most helpful, is just talking through my emotions, because I eventually reach conclusions. Otherwise, I tend to spiral in my own head. Mm. What... Do you do you process emotions? How do you process <laughs> emotions? Um, yeah, I try to. I'm trying to get better at it. Okay. And I think I try and do it all internally. I think. Okay. Although sometimes I don't try and process it. I just kind of shove it down and just hope that it kind of fades away, which is so unhealthy. And I think eventually it can mm. bubble up, and it's quite challenging. But emotions are interesting because I think emotions can be quite irrational sometimes, and when you lay them out or lay your emotional responses out to different things on a piece of paper, I think I can see why that'd be really helpful. Mm. And I think talking to people is really helpful, particularly really wise people who can be like, you're, what you're thinking is silly. Like, you know, this is just um, you just getting 
um, going down kind of a rabbit hole and spiraling out of control. I think that's been my response with a lot of this stuff. Um, mm. But interesting as well, unpacking this idea, because obviously you guys have just given us a couple of ways that we can process emotions. Um, and I've just said I've struggled. And you, well, when we introduced you, Zoe, we said that you're very interested in um, gender justice issues. Mm-hmm. And we've chatted at length about gender on this show and did mm-hmm. last semester. Do you think that there are gendered ways or whether biological or socially constructed in our culture um, gendered ways of understanding emotions or dealing with emotions because I think it's very telling I mean this is a very very specific sample of people I think it's quite interesting how um, you guys have lots of interesting ways of exploring emotions whereas Mm -hmm. I really haven't been able to do that very well or haven't really thought of how to do that very well until it kind of bubbles about control and I'm wondering if that's because of just the environment that I've been brought up in mm. um, not necessarily family environment but just the gender that I identify as and um, how, how have you do you think there is a gendered element to processing emotions yes yeah, definitely <laughs> do you want to um, unpack that a little bit so a little bit of a tangent but also related um I am currently writing my dissertation and uh, look, it's looking at like domestic abuse as a result of like gender inequality in churches. And part of that involves has involved me looking at like uh, over-exaggerating gender differences and stereotypes. So I've kind of like read a lot of things where talking about where girls are kind of socialised to be more compliant and gentle and like passive and... Um, and just kind of go along with whatever their male partner is suggesting. And boys are kind of socialised to be more, like, assertive and strong and decisive, mm. um, less emotional. Women are meant to be kind of more emotional. Um, and actually kind of looking at, like, how that can be so harmful for um, relationships. Because if a woman is kind of socialised to be more compliant, then she might be more likely to stay in an abusive relationship or mm-hmm. kind of comply with the abuse that she's undergoing. Yeah, I agree. I think, again, going back to Sally Rooney's book, but you see how this expectation... You see lots of gendered emotions, actually, in Sally Rooney's book, mm. I think, um, where these patterns of feeling like you have to be um, compliant then led to her being submissive in a really unhealthy way mm-hmm. and stemmed to more feel more feelings of self-worth mm-hmm. um, or a lack of self-worth. And, yeah, just this all came from lots of gendered stereotypes, I think, mm-hmm. in terms of how she had to be feeling the need to apologise and I think then again, this can be perpetrated as well with unhealthy emotions, male emotions. I think you can talk more about that, Zoe, in terms of your dissertation, or like polarized. Like, what would you say are the two extremes in terms of how women feel emotions and how. Do you think there's stereotypes within our culture, and you too, David, of how men are supposed to respond to emo- how men are supposed to respond to emotions? I'll go first if you want. Or not respond to <laughs> from prison time. Um, yeah, I think I totally agree with what Zoe was saying about the way that certain genders have been socially conditioned to feel certain ways. And that kind of, well, as you were saying that, a, a question within me that was kind of forming was, do we think that's because emotions or being emotional or, or experiencing emotions is seen as a weakness? Because mm. I think what's really interesting is I um, last semester I did a module on gender. My my major, my degree, is international relations. Mm-hmm. And so I was looking at how gender interacts with international relations. And what's really interesting is that states or countries that seem to be more emotionally inclined, so care about human rights, about weaker countries, tend to be seen themselves as weaker, as more feminine, as more submissive. Mm. Whereas the powerful mm-hmm. domineering states or um, countries which don't care about this stuff and care about themselves and protecting their own people and being assertive are seen as the successful states, Mm. which I think is really interesting. So I'm wondering if, do you think in our cultural emotions 
or being emotional is seen as a weakness rather than as a strength? Yeah, I think I would say so. I think um, I'm trying. Do you mean like uh, Christian culture or just kind of Western culture in general? I think probably just Western culture. But okay. it'd be interesting if you had any thoughts on um, Christian culture as well. Yeah, so I think um, because Western culture is like generally speaking very individualistic. I think you're kind of seen as like competing with everyone else and trying to, you know, be the most successful person that you can be. And so any kind of sign of weakness is just like alters and distorts that image of, you know, being like a champion, you know, being mm. in a great, um, being in like first place or whatever. Um, but that being said, like, I think that's had such a terrible effect on people's like mental health uh which is different from emotional health but kind of they both do have mm. overlaps um because there is a huge like mental health crisis at the moment and um yeah i think the kind of need to appear as if everything is okay and mm. um that you aren't weak and that you are doing a great job and earning a lot of money and have all of these great material possessions it kind of just has like the opposite effect and means that people um are like isolated and lonely and actually are really struggling when they appear to be doing really well yeah I agree just yesterday I had a conversation with my friend who said he's never told people about the things he's most ashamed of because he's worried they wouldn't want to be friends with him mm. if he was vulnerable and started crying while he told them he worried that he worries about being upset with friends and with guy friends. Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting, just friends generally. Like he's just worried of rejection. And we had this conversation about how happiness and sadness they're both just emotions and when I'm friends with someone I want to know about how they how about when they feel both emotions. I'm not friends with someone just to hear about times when they're happy mm. or times when they're sad. They, As humans, we need to be able to process both emotions and with happiness seen as the better emotion or, or success being aligned with happiness, mm. that can be quite a dangerous thing, I think, because then you're inclined to not process anything that makes you sad mm. because of it, mm. um, because you want to seem successful. Mm. And I think, yeah, I mean, I'm sure God's made all of these emotions for a reason, and I don't think there was a hierarchy of emotions when they were created. I think we need to feel sadness in order to empathize with things that are wrong with the world. Mm. I think that can detaching ourselves from emotions of anger and sadness is also dangerous because then maybe you'd empathize less with issues of social injustice or what if you didn't feel sad looking at the person you walked past in the street who's homeless? Mm. I think all of these emotions are equally important mm. to process and I think that's something within our own society we need to figure out how to deconstruct or not just see happiness as the as a successful emotion but also vulnerability. Yeah, yeah definitely. I think as well, just kind of going off of that, um, churches as well have like a can have a tendency to be a bit scared of emotions or scared mm. of like the really intense emotions so mm. like um anger or like depression you know sadness so I think I've definitely seen instances in my life where I mean that's also kind of to do with the taboo nature of mental illness but um like speaking to church leaders who haven't want to dealt with like intense like horrible emotions and have kind of like denied them or you know kind of the whole like pray away your sadness um <laughs> advice yeah. uh things like that so yeah I think it's something that I mean churches that I've been to at least have kind of been or people within churches have been kind of wary of those like really intense emotions so mm. do you think as a society yeah. or church culture <clears throat> we are becoming more or less emotional Ooh, good question. Because I think there's lots of talk about the rise of emotionalism. And we've mm. touched on emotionalism in worship. Yeah. Is this the Holy Spirit? Is this emotional manipulation? I think as well with the... I've, I've heard some interesting commentators talk about how 
with the rise of emancipation of certain groups and of you know it's okay for guys to cry and it's, and and um, the mm. equality of rights between genders and sexualities that actually sometimes you take it too far and if you're not emotional overly emotional or super emotional actually there's something wrong with you mm. you have to express your emotions all the time which is interesting because they're kind of two kind of polarizing extremes mm. do you think then um, that we are becoming more emotionally inclined or aware or do you think we're going too far and actually um, we can be overly emotional or too emotional if that's even possible hmm. I'm just thinking yeah I don't think I personally don't see people becoming overly emotional um, that may just be my experience in a very intellectual place but I think I think we are getting there. I think that as there's more conversations about mental health, people are thinking about their own emotions mm. and how they're driven by them. Mm. But I still think there's a long way to go. Yeah, definitely. I think even recently, like going to church, <clears throat> um, when you ask someone how they are, the kind of classic response is like, yeah, I'm good, how are you? Or I'm fine, how are you? And it's just very surface level. So I think it, in my experience, it's like it takes a bit of effort to actually get to the root of how someone is actually feeling and not just like, oh, yeah, I'm good, you know? Mm. Um, and like, I mean, it would be kind of weird if you just had like every conversation you had was super deep, but I don't know. There's just something about like having a kind of Christian facade of being fine and everything being fine that like I've come across a lot recently. And I think people sometimes, the Christian facade of being fine, you want to appear fine to your friends who aren't Christians as well to say, hey, I'm a Christian, I have God, so my life is good <laughs> and you should join in when really yeah. that's not at all what I think God's trying to tell us. I think it's that openness that really draws people. It's not being fine because we don't live in a world where things can ever be completely fine. We live with so much brokenness around us mm. and I think it's the ability to express emotions that's more compelling than just being fine. So do you think then that there's more of an obligation within Christian circles and indeed Western culture more broadly to be more to create a space that's more open for emotions and the expression of emotions? Yeah, definitely. I think I mean, I think churches could be at the um, the front of that if, if like, in sermons kind of spoke more about emotions and, like, taboo topics. Like, I mean, even things like... <coughs> this is kind of unrelated, but, like, domestic abuse. Like, if that was spoken more about in churches, then people would have more of an awareness of it. And the same with, like, emotions. If, um, like people came and gave testimonies about struggling with like grief or you know anger and just were a lot more honest from the front like from the pulpit then it would kind of maybe trickle down into congregations I guess did that mm. answer your question yeah 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 no it did. Cool. <laughs> David I have a question for you actually um do you think while we're talking about gendered emotions um do you think men and women just have different ways of expressing emotions and processing them? Or do you think there is a way that's more right and I guess women seen as more emotional have had or are more likely to then process their emotions because they're expected to. So then there's things people can learn or do you just think it's a different way of expressing and processing? I don't think there's any right way of expressing emotions because everyone's okay. so different and I think everyone experiences different emotions to different degrees because I think it depends on the kind of life that you've led, mm -hmm. the people in your life, the relationships. I find that my emotional responses and how I'm feeling are very much connected to the relationships that I have with people and how those relationships are doing. So I think that's an important thing. I think there's definitely a group element of it. Um, so I think just being a man and being around men it's harder sometimes to express emotions because it's not really as expected of you mm. and I think um, part of that is just to do I guess with the way that they are because they've been brought up to be a certain way I think and um, another part of it is the fact that for me it's almost a form of protection so 
mm-hmm. my dad is like an A&E consultant so he, he works in the night shifts and he sees all kinds of horrible stuff and people dying everywhere but also saving lots of lives and it's very intense but you'd, he, he'd come home having an incredible day or he could come home having an awful day but you'd never know because mm-hmm. he does not because he, he wants to protect us from the pain that he's experienced and although he does I think express them and obviously you know my mum knows all about what's going on and if we ask he'll tell us but mm-hmm. I think to me, I always admired that. I always thought that was a gift because it meant that his pain and leakage would would not um, hurt us. And I think that's primarily because we're children. I think as we're more mature, we can cope with more stuff that's more intense, mm-hmm. obviously. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't share our emotions with other people um, because, like, like Bethany was saying, we're scared that they're not going to like us or whatever because of the hierarchical mm-hmm. emotions. I think you need to be expressive and open. But actually, in my mind, sometimes not burdening other people I mean this is guess in the context of children with emotional stuff that they don't necessarily need to know um, or you know could damage a vulnerable mind I think actually sometimes it's a form of protection so yeah, maybe one of the reasons why I'm not as open about emotions although I'm, I think I'm getting much better at it is because actually there's an element that I really admire in being able to take a step back and try and approach this in a more I guess mature or protective way and I guess you could argue maybe that's because like you were saying Zoe men are kind of conditioned to be more protective because that's Mm -hmm. what society expects of them but I always actually saw that as a positive thing that I admired in my dad rather than as a oh he's just a product of his time he can't express his emotions which because I think he can do quite well he's also an introvert and I'm an extrovert so we're slightly different but (laughs) I do think that um there is an element where not burdening other people with your stuff in the right way and with discernment can actually be a good thing. That was my response. That's interesting because I definitely feel similar. My family's structured in a very similar way where my dad's always tried to protect us from emotions, especially through the last few years. We've had lots of conversations about it because I like to be able to emotionally engage with people and I can tell very quickly and perceive when there is a lack of emotional engagement. I think that was interesting, you like flipping it on a in a positive light it's something I see as really negative yeah me too I definitely think like sharing your emotions like it just feels vulnerable and kind of horrible sometimes but after I've like shared my emotions if they're really bad like there's just such a relief Mm -hmm. and it's like you don't have to kind of you know be like preserving your you know facade yeah just like a problem shared it's a problem half like that kind (laughs) of idea yeah on the flip side, Zoe, do you ever feel like you do you ever feel like you're being expected to share emotions when you don't want to, uh, because there's emotional conversation going on? Like in what kind of context? Uh, just with friends, I guess, or in Christian settings as well. Mm. Um, like you were talking about an expectation of not sharing emotions. Mm. I just want to know if there's times when you've been like, I really don't want to share emotions and I hate that yeah. there's this expectation on me. Mm. I think sometimes, I mean, yeah, so sometimes like in home group, for example, that is one of the instances where you're like in a small group of, I mean, in our case, like with other girls and they're is the opportunity to like go a bit deeper and share your emotions and sometimes I mean especially recently I'm just like I have no like reaction to (laughs) any of the things we're talking about so just feel quite like you know like I have nothing to share and kind of even feeling a bit like of a fraud for not having anything to share Mm. because the expectation is there and I don't know like how that would be different in like a guys home group but yeah um, but I kind of did relate to David when he was talking about not sharing your emotions and that being a good thing because, well, I, I think you can definitely take on other people's emotions. Yeah. So like with my mum, speaking on the phone with her, if she's had a really bad, stressful day, I then come away feeling like really bad and stressful. And then mm. as a reaction to her kind of telling me all of her stress, I I'm like, oh, I can't share any of my stress with her because mm-hmm. um, it will be like adding to her burden. So I definitely, like, I relate to both those things. Yeah, I think that's really interesting. And I think actually maybe linked into why it seems this gendered split in emotions. And I, and I think it's interesting because when Bethany was asking Zoe about 
other times when you feel you have to express emotions. I feel I have that all the time. Mm. Okay. And particularly with girls, you'll ask me, surely you've been through this. Surely you have all these different emotional responses to this. Mm. And I'm kind of like, I don't even consider those as mm. options. I think maybe it's as, as well the way that we're wired to think or we, we've gone about thinking in a certain way because it's such a, a I think a, a cultural thing of being, oh, that's such a guy thing to, to think or to say. Guys, you know, look at everything at face value, girls, read into everything, all that kind of stuff, that binary. Mm. Um, and I think perhaps that construction or way of going about things does um, very much link to your emotional responses because if you're constantly, if you're um, thinking like a girl, quote unquote, then you're reading into lots of different things. Mm. And so therefore you're going to get lots of different emotional responses because you're looking at lots of different options and hypotheticals. Right. Whereas if you're thinking mm. of a guy, quote unquote, then you're just not really, <laughs> not really um, looking at all that stuff in 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 this in the same way. And obviously, I think that's very much a societal construction of being going about things. But actually, I think maybe that's perhaps why there is less of an emotional expression because guys have been told actually that you look at things phase value, girls. It's much more like you read into everything, and therefore you're going to get lots of different emotional responses. What do you think? Do you think that's yeah, I agree. Yeah. I mean, you definitely can see it in friendships, like close friendships with people of the opposite gender, I think. Mm. There's always, it's always harder to communicate because you just have different expectations of how you look at things. Right. Um, while I don't think that's right or good, I do think that is the way things are right now. Yeah, and I think I think definitely with like my female friends a lot of them relate to the idea of like overthinking or overanalyzing whereas I've come across that less with my guy friends yeah yeah mm. very interesting well guys this has been so interesting we're briefly gonna wrap up now thanks so much Zoe for coming on and talking to us about emotions you are welcome it's been great <laughs> it has been very very interesting um, mm-hmm. we've loved it and guys tune in for next time also um, if you haven't read Cogan's post in the blog yet, check it out. But we've got more stuff coming, which is very exciting. Yeah. And enjoy your Valentine's Day. <laughs> <laughs>